Alrighty, well, God bless you guys. Welcome to Swerve Church once again. For those of you that don't know me, my name is Danny, and I'm so glad you guys chose to spend the afternoon with us. I know exactly what you guys are thinking. You're thinking about how soon and how fast is this guy going to finish this message so we can chow down. Isn't that right? That's what you guys are thinking about. Well, we're going to spend some time together eating and all that. We're going to have a good time a little bit later on. But last week, we began this new series, and it's called Ghosts of Christmas Past. And we spoke about overcoming offenses last week. Just piggybacking over what Burial said, you know, I, I didn't expect it myself to be such a heavy message the way that it was. It turned out to be a super heavy message. And I think that that's because the moment that, you know, we mentioned these offenses, something comes into your mind, right? Something pops into your head. Something came into your mind, some kind of offense. Some, some memory came from the back of your head to the forefront of your mind. And you began to think, of this offense, of something that came to your head. And I think that's why it was somewhat of a, a heavy uh, sermon last week. And this is why the series is called Ghost of Christmas Past, because these things tend to pop up. The things from our past, you know, such as these offenses, that tend to come back and haunt us. And in fact, I mentioned last week, you guys seen the movie Ghostbusters, right? I want us to be, you know, some sort of Ghostbusters, right? I want to bust these ghosts of Christmas past, these things that come up. Now, you guys remember in, uh, in the movie, they say, they say this phrase. They say, I ain't afraid of no ghosts, right? And, and that's what I, I, want, I would love for us to, to say that today. Man, I ain't afraid of no ghosts. When these things pop up and they rear their ugly heads. Again, I'm not talking about Casper, right? I'm not, that's what I'm talking about. But these offenses, these things that, from these memories from our past that pop into our, into our, our hearts and our lives and our minds and reminds us and it really holds us back. Right? We, we want to say, man, I ain't afraid of no ghosts. We want to get rid of those ghosts of Christmas past once and for all. And the way we're doing that is by looking into God's Word. And as we read the Bible, we see, we see how by God's grace, we're able to let go of these things, you know, these many things that prevent us from experiencing God's best, right? These things that are, experiencing from, that are stopping us from experiencing what God would have best for us, you know, we can look into God's great Word and by His grace, we're able to let go of some of these things. Now today, I'll be honest with you, it might just be just as heavy because we're talking about the topic of shame. And once again, this, this can be an emotion that's heightened, especially during Christmas time. Last week, I told you guys, Christmas time brings about emotions. If you're a super happy and joyful about Christmas, then you're going to have an extra spring in your step, right? You're going to be super happy and joyous. You're going to be like, you know, you're going to look like a Christmas store that threw up, right? That's, that's you. But for some of us, it heightens, it heightens the opposite if the opposite is true, right? If, if we're, if, if it brings back bad memories, if there's hardships that have you, or, or, you know, the family's broken or whatever, then it'll turn you into a real-life Grinch. And it heightens our emotions during this time. And so even when we talk about this, you know, uh, walk on it, you know, very carefully, but knowing that shame can be just that, that, you know, tap into that emotion. Now, what is shame? Okay, what is it? And I wanted to share with you guys in your notes, you guys please take out your message notes. That's for you. You guys can write in those notes. He has the, today's verses. It has some fill in the blanks. So feel free to follow along in your notes there. Okay. And you can follow along. And I have this quote. I have it up here as well. This quote is from Dr. Brene Brown, and she's a research professor at the University of Houston Graduate College of Social Work. And she spent a significant amount of time researching these things. She researches shame. She researches vulnerability. 
So she's somewhat of an expert when it comes to these type of things, okay? And this is how she defines shame. So this is not from Webster's, but this is the way she would define it. You have it there in your notes, and it's up here as well. She said this, I define shame as the intensely painful feeling or experience of believing that we are flawed and therefore unworthy of love and belonging. Something we've experienced, done, or failed to do makes us unworthy of connection. It's interesting that she describes it as an intensely painful feeling. Is this intense? It's a very, very real feeling, an intense feeling where, you know, because of something we did or understanding or believing or knowing or saying that we are flawed and it brings up this very real feeling of shame. And I'm pretty sure that everyone here can think back to a time, perhaps when you were younger or maybe 10 minutes ago before you came in where you experienced shame, right? You experienced some kind of shame. And, and uh, you know, you ever heard of that phrase that you, that, you, that you got your hand caught in the cookie jar? You guys ever heard of that phrase? Right? And what, what does it mean? It means, you know, you were trying to grab a cookie and somebody caught you, they saw you, you, you know, and you catch this shame, you feel this shame. You know, I remember a time in high school, Barris was sharing a time in his youth. Let me share about uh, something from mine. You know, I remember when I was in, in high school, I experienced this extreme amount of shame. You know, I wasn't the kind of kid that would cut classes. I just did. I didn't cut school. I didn't miss out on classes. I didn't cut class at all. You know, I wasn't the type of kid to play hooky. You know, that might not be the story for some of you guys here, but just it wasn't my story going to school. You know, so there was plenty of times where I would want to, right? There was many opportunities where, man, this would be a great time to kill. I'm tired. I just don't want to do it anymore. Man, but one day, man, one day I had the worst stomach ache, right? Like my stomach was hurting. And I was in school all day with this pain in my stomach. And I said, man, if there's any, any day that's good to leave early, it's, it's today. Because I was in so much pain, you know, and I wanted to leave early. So I made it through the whole day. I made it through the seventh period. But I had double period math at the end of the day, eighth and ninth. I was like, man, I'm not going to sit through two classes of math. I'm going home. Anyway, lots of kids leave that seventh period anyway. I won't get caught, you know. And so I, I leave with this horrible stomachache. My mistake was telling a friend of mine, his name, his name was John, telling him that I wanted to leave because I had this stomachache. So John decided that, yeah, hey, I'll, I'll be a good friend and I'll walk out with you. And so he said, you know, I'll, I'm such a good friend, I'll cut class too and I'll leave with you. And so John left, he, he accompanied me out. And so while we're walking back home, I noticed across the street, there's two cops and they're talking to somebody on the corner. And so where I see them down the block, I say, yo, Let's turn around because they're going to see us. They're going to stop us. And so John, of course, he's a cool cat. He had, he had a bag of popcorn and he's just popping chips in his mouth. He's like, nah, man, don't worry about it. It's not a big deal. You just pop another popcorn. Don't worry about it. It's no big deal. I'm like, no, John, come on, let's turn around, man. They're going to stop us. Man, don't worry about it. Let's just go. And we walk and sure enough, hey, guys, stop right there. And the two cops cross the street. And they start asking us a bunch of questions. What are you guys doing out of school? Where's your program card? And he just starts lying out his mouth. I just, like, I, I couldn't, he just lies right through his teeth. And I couldn't say anything to defend myself. Long story short, they bring us back to school in an NYPD paddy wagon. You know, in, in the paddy wagon. They bring us up uh, to school. They escort us back to school. But not only, not only do they pass, they, they walk past the math class, right? Where we had math classes right on the first floor. The detention room is over there. We're walking by. All was missing was the handcuffs. They bring me in, into the school. The police walk me in with my friend, 
And, uh, and we go into the detention, we walk right past. The teacher's like teaching, and he's like, <laughs> he looks at me, and, and the kids are all like, what's going on? What, what is Danny doing? And, then, and they walk me to the, they walk me to the room. So it's, you know, man, it was, it was so, it, can you imagine the shame? I, I felt this shame. I felt horrible. And then, and then, then my friend was like, yo, let's just leave after this period, you know? Because I had one more period left. And I'm like, nah, dude, I'm just going to stick it out with this stomach ache. And the shame of having to go, my stomach hurting to the teacher. He's like, what happened? I was like, I got caught trying to leave. I had, my stomach hurts. He was like, all right, just have a seat. <laughs> and the shame that I felt. You know, not sure, man, listen, you guys have your own stories here, all right, about shame. And maybe while we're eating at the end, it might be fun if you just go around sharing some of those stories of shame, right? Uh, but, but seriously, we all go through some of these very, these very real times in our lives where we experience this very real shame. And in fact, shame is a soul-crushing, identity-warping emotion. It's a very, it, it's a, an identity-forming or warping emotion. It's an emotion that engulfs your whole identity. It takes up your whole identity, shame does. It's very different than guilt. Guilt is not the same as shame. You feel guilt when you, when you do something bad. But shame is really more of a label or an identity, right? You would say that you are bad. It's not that you did something bad. I am bad. And it's, it's when we connect what happened to who we are, with who we are. All right, so it's very different than guilt. It's very much an identity warping kind of an emotion. For example, say you were rejected from a previous relationship or friendship. You know, you were rejected by a loved one or a family member. Shame would say, man, they rejected me. So I'm nothing, man. I'm pathetic. I'm really I'm nothing. Or let's say you made a mistake, a big mistake, okay? You, you totally screwed up and you regret it. Shame would say, after what I did, I'm worthless. I have no worth. I'm, I'm just no good because of this mistake that I made. You know, shame would say, after, after what I did, I'm just completely worthless. So it's not, it's not just doing bad. You guys understand. It's internalizing it and saying, I am bad because of what I did. That's what shame does. You may be here today and perhaps you have a secret that you've been holding on to for a long time or there's a debt that you just don't want anybody to know about. All right. There's some some kind of problem. There's there's something that you've been looking at that you know is not pleasing to God or honoring to those that are around you for that matter. You know, maybe there's a, a promiscuous past or there's an addiction that you're holding on to and it brings you shame. You know, out of these experiences, we tend to create what I call I am statements. We create these I am statements. It's because of things that you've done or the things done to you, you know, some, some of these I am statements, they might seem like this. I am defective. Something's wrong with me. You know, I'm really defective. Or I'm, I'm damaged. You know, something, something must be wrong with my brain. I'm, I'm broken. I'm flawed. Or maybe some of your some of these I am statements might be, I'm disgusting. I'm I'm ugly. Yeah, I'm ugly. Don't don't look at me. I'm I'm dirty because of what I've done. I'm impure. I'm unclean. Or your I am statement might be, I'm insignificant. I'm worth nobody pays attention to me. I'm worthless. I'm unwanted. I'm unlovable. There's no way anyone would ever love somebody like me. I'm so pathetic. I'm weak. And I and I know what's happening in your minds right now because. The reason I know this is because it happened to me while I was preparing this message. And that is that I began to bring up some of my own I am statements. And some of these I am statements are your statements. 
They're the things that go on in your mind. They're the things that you think about constantly that recycle over and over in your mind. It's your I am statement. They're your words. Or perhaps if I haven't mentioned it here, the word that it is came to your mind right away, whatever it would be. But my prayer for us today would be that this verse that we're about to read in a little bit, that's from Isaiah chapter 54. We're going to read it now. My prayer for us today would be that this verse, you know, by God's grace, would help us expose this ghost that rears its ugly head so constantly in our lives, giving us these I am statements. I pray that by God's grace, we can get rid of this ghost of shame that continues to come back and to haunt us. And I pray that as we read God's word, we would be set free. And you have it there in your notes, Isaiah chapter 54, verse 4. Hey, why don't we read this together? Read it with some nice potluck enthusiasm, like you're ready to go chow down. Ready? Read. Fear not, you will no longer live in shame. Don't be afraid. There is no more disgrace for you. You will no longer remember the shame of your youth. And I pray that this verse would be able to be internalized today for each and every single one of us, especially when we talk about the shame. Now look, look at these words right here. Look at God's word. God is speaking through the prophet Isaiah to the people of Israel. And what he's saying is, fear not. Fear not. And I hope that we can hear these words from God and that we can internalize these words from God from His Word and hear Him say, Fear not. Don't be afraid when shame comes knocking at your door and when shame comes and haunts you. Don't be afraid. Fear not because there will be no more disgrace for you. In fact, why don't you guys take your pens and underline right there in your notes in the beginning of the verse it says, You will no longer live in shame. Underline that right there in your notes. I would love for you to internalize that part of the verse you know, for you. Now, listen, why? why? Why don't we have to live in shame? Why is that? You know, you're, you're looking at me and you're saying, Danny, well, I am feeling shame. Why don't we have to allow what we've done or what has happened to us to become who we are? Why, it, why doesn't that have to determine who we are? Why doesn't that have to determine an, our identity? Why don't we have to allow shame to haunt us this Christmas? And the reason is found in 1 John chapter 1, verse 9, which says this, that if we confess our sins, God is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. The reason, guys, that you don't have to feel shame is because according to God's word, that He has forgiven us. For those of us that have confessed our sins to Him, this verse, guys, is amazing and extremely freeing. Here's what it says. Confess your sin to God. Confess your wrongs. Confess it to Him. And He's faithful. And He's just. And He's going to forgive us of our sin. And the reason that we're able to be forgiven is because God so loved the world that He gave His one and only Son. The love came down in the form of a baby Jesus. And that baby Jesus, the one that we're celebrating now during Christmas time, didn't stay a baby. He grew up to be a man that lived a life without sin that died a wretched death on a cross, paying the price, get this, for your sin and for mine. And he died on the cross for your sins, so that now He's mediating on our behalf, so that we can experience the forgiveness, so that we can experience God's love. That death on the cross paid the price for our sins, so that now, because of His forgiveness, we can approach God, and God can hear you. You see, our relationship with God was destroyed because of our sin. Your sin, guys, is not a little problem, okay? Your sin is a big problem. It's so much that it cost Christ his life. 
There's so much that God had to send Jesus to come and die in our, pray, in our place. But now, through Jesus, we can confess our sins and we can experience forgiveness. You know, in the Old Testament, God's people, the Israelites, they were under extreme slavery. Can you imagine this? They were in the slavery for over 400 years. Think about this for a moment. 400 years, all you know is slavery. You're born into slavery. You are a slave. You know nothing else but a slave's life. And as time, to, as time goes on, you begin to see yourself as worthless. You begin to see your life as meaningless. Week in and week out, day after day, month after month, they begin to believe the lie that they're worth nothing. They're worth nothing because of their circumstances, because of their slavery, because of the shame that is brought out because of this slavery. And you imagine that they believe this lie for four, over 400 years. But then God raises up Moses. And Moses goes and says, let my people go. He delivers them from the hands of, of the Egyptians. And they're finally delivered from, from slavery. But then what happens? You see, they were delivered from slavery, but slavery wasn't delivered from them. They begin to grumble and complain. And they begin to think, man, I wish it was back. The food back there was great. The life back there was great. I want to go back. And, and even though they were removed from slavery, slavery was not removed out of them. And it's very much the same for us. You know, when you read the passage in 1 John, that if we confess our, sons, our sins, that He's faithful and just to forgive us of our sins, that He's not only willing to, but He is able to forgive us of our sins. But you don't walk around with that victory. You don't walk around. You walk around carrying the huge burden and the huge, uh, uh, the huge burden of shame that sin causes. And we're very much like the Israelites being liberated out of slavery, but still living enslaved. And God says, man, confess your sins to me. You'll be free. You'll be forgiven. But we walk around still enslaved by shame. You know, let me be completely transparent with you guys. I just mentioned a little while ago about those I am statements. And everybody here probably has an I am statement that you can think about. And uh, let me just share with you how, how shame-based thinking has affected me personally. How it's affected me. For many times, my I, I am statement was this. I am not enough. I am inadequate. I am unqualified. You see, when, when, uh, when we went about to plant this church, man, it's a huge burden. I wanted to plant a new, a life-giving, a gospel-centered church in our community that would lead people to become fully devoted followers of Christ. And it was a significant task, and it's brought about a significant amount of challenges. But when I, when I, when I look out at the daunting task of assembly, of attempting to gather people into community around the gospel and to motivate people to mission, to love and serve their community. When I start looking at all these opportunities, I just begin to think to myself, man, there's no way that I can do this. God, you must have made a mistake. Like the, the prayer cables must have crossed or something. Like, God, like, you know, what is it, God? What are you doing? Like, you can't be serious, God. How can you be calling me to this? It, send somebody else. It must be a mistake. This, this task is too daunting. And I don't tell you this to seek you know, sympathy in any way or seek pity. I'm, I'm just trying to be transparent and honest with you. And this is my I am statement. I am inadequate. I am unqualified. I just, I can't. I can't do this, God. You must have made a mistake. Maybe you're here today and you struggle with, your, with similar thoughts. You know, you, you have your own I am statement. You're struggling with something. You know, maybe it's something different than that, but it's equally shaming. And every time that it comes to your mind or something reminds you, it weighs you down like a sack of bricks. You might be here today, and that might be you. But the only way, guys, that we can begin to heal from shame is to move the focus from what I'm not to who Christ is. 
we must move our focus from what I'm not to who Christ is. And who is Jesus Christ? Who is this guy that we're talking about? He's the mediator between man and God. He's the perfect, blameless, spotless, without blemish lamb of God who came to take away the sins on my behalf, the sins of the world. He's the one that paid the price for your sins and for mine. He's the one that conquered Satan, sin, and death on the cross. He reconciles our relationship to God. He reconciles our relationship to each other. That's who Jesus is. And what we need to do, the only way that we can begin to heal from the shame that, that, that weighs us down is to turn our focus from what I'm not to our focus on who Christ is. And when you begin to turn your focus from what you're not to who Christ is, and you, you begin to look more towards that, towards Him, and towards who He is, and what he's, been, what he's done. You begin to ground your identity in Him, and not in your shortcomings, and not in where you lack, and not where you fall short. You begin to look at Him, you ground your identity in Him, and not in your shame. But as long as you're focused on you, you will never be enough. As long as you focus on yourself, you will never be enough. And that's why I would like for all of us today to take a moment to replace those I am statements with because of Christ I am. So in your notes you have some blanks. You know, Listen, don't, don't take a second. Just go ahead and write it down because as I was talking, your I am statement popped into your head. Take out a moment and fill it in. I am what? What is it that comes to your mind? I am, and I want you to write this. I am not bad. Because of Christ, I am forgiven. No, I'm not sick. Because of Christ, I am healed. You know what? I'm not broken. I'm, because of Christ, I am new. And you know what? I'm not disgusting. I'm not pity, pitiful. No, because of Christ, I am loved. You can replace whatever your I am statement with because of Christ, I am. Remember when I mentioned earlier that the Israelites were under bond, the bondage of slavery for over 400 years? They, they were freed from the yoke of slavery, but the shame of slavery was still inside them. I want you guys to read what Joshua chapter 5 says. You have it there in your notes. Look what it says. Then the Lord said to Joshua, Today I have rolled away the shame of your slavery in Egypt. Today I have rolled away the shame of of uh, your shame from slavery. I've rolled it away. Would you guys just please underline right there in your notes. Rolled. I've rolled the shame of your slavery away. That He rolled the shame of our slavery. And I pray that for each and every single one of us here. That this would be true for you today. You know I pray that you would hear these words. As the direct words from God to your life today. That the God has rolled away your shame. Whatever shame you came in with today, I pray you would read these words from God and that you would see them roll away right before your very eyes. It doesn't matter what you've done in your past. It doesn't matter what others think about you. God today wants to unload the burden of shame. He wants to remove the burden of shame today. Listen to me carefully. Listen to me closely. You are not the sum of your past mistakes and failures. You are not the sum of your past mistakes and failures. Listen, you're not what someone did to you. You're not what some of the other, another offense, and somebody did, the sin that somebody did against you. You're not that. Listen, you're not who others say you are. You're not even who you think you are. You are who Christ says you are. 
That's who you are. And if you are in Christ, if you are in Christ, then you are free. You've been forgiven. You have been changed. You've been loved. You've been redeemed. You've been changed forever. You've been healed. You've been blessed. You've been accepted. You are a child of God because of Christ Jesus. It's very important I tell you this. That if you're here today and you haven't made a decision to, to be a follower of Jesus, then this is your opportunity to do that. In fact, if everybody would take out their connection card and look in the back of the connection card, you're going to have a chance to be able to put this in later. But on the back, there's some next steps that I would love for everybody here to take. If you haven't made a decision to follow Jesus and you want to experience you know, the letting go of your shame, then that's your next step. Make sure you check that off and we would love to follow up with you during the week. But the rest, for the rest of us, I think this is something we can all commit to is the first next step right there in your connection card is to let go of my shame and trust in God and who He says I am. I think we can all take that next step today. Trust in God. You're not who others say you are. You are not the sum of your past mistakes. You're who God says you are. You are a child of God. You guys join me in prayer? God, I just pray, Lord, today, Lord, as I know that is a heavy topic and that many of us have experienced very much a lot of shame, Lord. We experience shame because of things done to us, things that we've done, past sins, mistakes, and failures, God. And we carry around this shame like a, like a sack of bricks, God, and it weighs us down. God, I just pray, Lord, that, that the, the words of 1 John, that if we confess our sins, that you are faithful and just to forgive us of our sins, Lord, that as we read those words, that we would truly believe it and know it and apply it, Lord, that you would not just offer us the, 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 the forgiveness of sin and the removal of slavery, but that we would walk, Lord, free and, and away from the slavery of shame. God, I pray that we would hold fast to those words, that we would do that, Lord, that we would confess our sins to you and that we would hold fast to the promise that you will forgive us of every single one of our sins for those of us that put our faith in you. God, I just thank you. I thank you, Lord, that right now, even as we pray, shame is being lifted off our backs. I see shame being lifted off the backs of the people here. God, by the power of your word and through your son, Jesus Christ, we give you thanks. Amen.